like to welcome you once again to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. It is Thursday. I hope that everybody's having a great day. A reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE, Homa Southern Sports, 99.1 FM and Noonan. And this is going to be a jam-packed show. A lot to talk about on today's show. This is episode 667, just in case you're keeping score at home. And I am on right after Rod Peterson and right before Braves Country Today with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. However, the Braves have an afternoon game today, so I'm wondering if Mac McGee is going to be live at Truth's Park calling the game. But there's so much to get into, including the Atlanta Braves with a four-game losing streak, with the trade deadline looming August the 1st. It's the start of the Open Championship. In fact, it's going on right now. And it's the start of the Women's World Cup also. It is my 32 NFL teams in 32 days, and today I'm going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Later on in the show, I'll talk about SEC Media Days as well as Nick Saban took the podium yesterday. Still got one final day of SEC Media Days before they wrap things up, and they look to go to Dallas next year for 2024, which is very fitting because... They're welcoming in Texas and Oklahoma into the conference. Let's go ahead and start with the Braves. Boy, they are struggling. Still in first place. Still a nine and a half game lead on the Phillies of all teams because the Marlins have struggled. Marlins have lost six straight, but the Atlanta Braves have lost four straight. They are 61 and 33 overall. Losing to the Diamondbacks at Truett's Park last night, despite home runs by Marcelo Zuna and Austin Riley. That's three home runs in two days. But the pitching wasn't very solid. Charlie Morton had a rough outing. And today at 12.20, an afternoon business special at Truett's Park. You know, I used to take the day off from work and actually go to some of these games especially when the Braves were playing the Giants. Wasn't a fan of how hot it can get at Truett's Park in the afternoon, but you got the final game of a three-game series, and the Braves will hit the road. They're taking on the Diamondbacks, hoping to avoid the sweep. Two all-star pitchers are going at it, Spencer Strider for the Braves and Zach Gallen, the starter for the all-star game. And it's going to be a battle of two teams that could meet in the postseason. Action in the Sunbelt Baseball League last night as you had the Columbus Chattahoots defeat the Alpharetta Aviators 4-1. to The Brookhaven Bucks defeated the Gainesville Gold Diggers 2-1. And now we have a tie in the SBL between the Gainesville Gold Diggers and the Columbus Chattahoots with two games to go. And congratulations to the Chattahoochee Monsters for picking up the victory over the Atlanta Crackers, that three to two, and they win the season series three to one. So they have the tiebreaker. Here is what the standings look like in the SBL. Two games to go: the Gainesville Gold Diggers and the Columbus Chattahoots with a twenty and six record, followed by the Brookhaven Bucks in third place with a fifteen and eleven record. Right now, the Chattahoochee Monsters have the tiebreaker over the Atlanta Crackers 
Both teams are 13 and 13. And the final playoff spot is the Atlanta Blues with an 11 and 15 record. Winners of two straight as they defeated the Waleska Wild Thanes. The Aviators and the Wild Thanes have been eliminated from the playoffs because they're too far back with two games left to go. So here's what we got going on this week in the regular season finales. First pitch, 7.05 at Historic Golden Park on Friday. The Columbus Chattahoots taking on the Brookhaven Bucks. The Chattahoots have wrapped up at least the number two seed. But they want to try to get that number one seed as they are tied with the Gainesville Gold Diggers. In that second game, the season finale on Saturday, first pitch, 7.05 against the Brookhaven Bucks. And you can catch those games on 106.9 Rock in Columbus and 99.1 FM in Noonan as Tom Callahan will have the call. And then on Sunday on the Chattahoochee Monsters YouTube channel, it is the doubleheader finale, first pitch 205, as the Chattahoochee Monsters taking on the Gainesville Gold Diggers for a doubleheader, seven-inning games. I'm going to try to make it to the ballpark so I can call the finales. Still on vacation, but uh, I should be back by Saturday. And anyway, you can catch those games on the Chattahoochee Monsters YouTube channel. And despite what Columbus does on Friday and Saturday, if they sweep Brookhaven, they're going to be pulling for the Monsters to try to get at least one of those games against the Gainesville Gold Diggers so the Columbus Chattahoochee can get the overall number one seed. The playoffs will start next week. We should have some elimination games. The one game elimination between the three and the six seed and then the four and the five seed. Not sure where the Monsters are going to end up. If they do get the fourth seed, they are going to host a playoff game next week. But I think that Brookhaven has wrapped up the number three seed. So it's looking like Brookhaven's going to play Atlanta and the Monsters are going to play the Crackers, possibly at Golden Park, possibly at Kennesaw State. And for sure, the number one and number two seeds are the Gainesville Gold Diggers and the Columbus Chattahoots in no particular order. This is exciting that we get to gear up for postseason. One thing I like about doing these shows early in the morning is that we have live sporting events going on as we speak. Let's start with the Open Championship. It's in Royal Liverpool Golf Club in Hoylake. And right now, the South African Christo Lampriche has got a minus five after 15. Thomas Pieters from Germany is at minus four. The two Americans, Patrick Reed and Stuart Sink, both at minus two. Matthew Jordan at minus two as well, the Englishman. Still got some players that are going to tee off later this morning. This tournament should be wrapped up by the time this show airs. The Women's World Cup is underway in New Zealand and Australia as New Zealand kicked things off, defeating Norway 1-0 thanks to a goal by Hannah Wilkinson in the 48th minute. Right now, they're at the half as Australia and the Republic of Ireland are scoreless. Later tonight in group stage, you got Nigeria taking on Canada. And then tomorrow, the United States taking on Vietnam at 9 o'clock at night. The United States hoping for their third straight World Cup title. 
They won one in 2015, and they won one in 2019. And they are the odds-on favorite to win the World Cup this year. But there are other teams in FIFA that could challenge the United States that are very good. One team is England. England has the second odds-on favorites. England has the second best odds to win the Women's World Cup, followed by Spain and Germany. Now, there are some teams like Australia, France, and Sweden that are in the outside that could have a shot at winning the entire Women's World Cup. And then the Netherlands is going to be a very interesting matchup because they reached the final in 2019 against the United States, and they are in the United States' group. The U.S. women's soccer team is led by Alex Morgan, and Megan Rapino is going to retire. Some of the other players on the team include Julie Ertz, who's married to tight end Zach Ertz, which I will later get into the Arizona Cardinals roster. Nice little comparison today. Trinity Rodman, the daughter of Dennis Rodman, the Hall of Fame basketball player. You got Lindsey Horan making her second appearance in the Women's World Cup. And the youngest player on the women's national team at 18 years old is Alyssa Thompson. She is even considering foregoing college because she's got a scholarship to play at Stanford and enter the NWSL draft. Boy, do I wish that Atlanta would get an NWSL team. Bring back the Atlanta beat from the defunct WPS. All right, what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about SEC Media Days. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat with Richard Holdridge. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bug, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Find best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high. 
with Bishop Daniel Hottaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the Word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. We are back here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan. I'm so glad to be here. We've got to talk about SEC Media Days because today is the final day. Here's what's going on in Nashville. As you got three teams left, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, taking the press conference at 10.05 along with Cedric Johnson, Quinshin Judkins, and DeAndre Prince. South Carolina taking the podium at 11.30. Shane Beamer, Tonka Hemingway, Kai Kroger, and Spencer Rattler. And finally, the Tennessee Volunteers, Josh Heupel, Joe Milton, Amari Thomas, and Jacob Warren. So many questions about Tennessee and them avoiding a postseason ban. They did have to vacate wins from 2019 and 2020, but all those allegations, just terrible what went on with the Tennessee Volunteers program under Jeremy Pruitt, but he's no longer here. I know that Volunteers fans are loving Josh Heupel, and this team was on the doorstep of the college football playoff last season. Honestly, think if they didn't lose to South Carolina, Tennessee would be in the college football playoff. They had a very special season. But they've lost a lot of skilled position players from last year's team to include Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. we got to talk about the teams that took the podium yesterday. And the GOAT started off. Nick Saban took the podium along with J.C. Latham. Cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry, edge rusher Dallas Turner. Despite what the media wants to say about riding off Alabama, this could go either way. Bama is still the king of college football, despite what the media thinks. And Nick Saban is the greatest college football head coach of all time. His accolades speak for themselves. Seven national championships six with Alabama and it doesn't take a genius to show what Nick Saban has done since 2008 starting in 2008 this is where Bama just came on the scene this was when they elevated their program and Georgia kind of dropped off a little bit after Bama defeated Georgia on that Night in Athens when Georgia was wearing their black jerseys. Bama wins a national championship in 2009. Still question marks if Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt in that game. 2010, they bring back the same team with Heisman Trophy winner Mark Ingram, Julio Jones, and Greg McElroy. Still a great team, but they lost three games. That was the last time that Nick Saban... Lost three games for a Bama program that hasn't lost more than two in a season. He averages 11, 12 wins a year. 
Bama rattles off two national championships in 2011 and 2012, and if it wasn't for the kick six, Bama would have won a third straight national championship in 2013. Their letdown year was 2014, if you really want to call it that. That was Lane Kiffin's first year as offensive coordinator. That was when they had Blake Sims as quarterback. 2015, I talk about this team all the time. Derrick Henry won the Heisman. Jake Coker really was the last system quarterback to win a national championship for Bama. And then Bama evolved. You look at their last four quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavailova, Mac Jones, and Bryce Young, all in the NFL. Bama evolved after 2015. They lost a couple of national championships to Clemson. Otherwise, they would have won eight national championships. They come back and they win a national title in the COVID year in 2020. But Bama does not go three years without winning a national championship. And despite a 13 and 2 record in 2021 and an 11 and 2 record in 2022, they still have a great recruiting class. I'm excited to see the Mill Creek standout Caleb Downs in the secondary, but Dallas Turner, he's going to leave off where Will Anderson left, and Kool-Aid McKinstry is the best cover cornerback in college football. If there is a question mark on Bama's team, it's at quarterback. Who is going to be the starter? Is it going to be Tyler Buckner? Is it going to be Jalen Milroe? Is it going to be Ty Simpson? The running backs are solid. Jaleel Billingsley and Jace McClellan. I know they both got hurt last year, but they are solid. And a lot of experts are picking Bama to win the SEC West, although it's going to be a fight to the finish because LSU is right there with Bama as the top team in the SEC West. Let's talk about Bama's schedule, because I don't want to sleep on Bama. Bama can prove all the doubters wrong this year because they do have a talented team, and they have the number one recruiting class. But you look at all the things that could be against Bama this year. Two brand new coordinators. You got Tommy Reese, the new OC, and Kevin Steele is the new defensive coordinator. I don't know if that helps or hurts Bama. But looking down the schedule, MTSU, that is going to be a win week one. Week two, they take on Texas. Prime time in Tuscaloosa. Bama is only a seven-point favorite. That is unheard of. Usually Bama is a double-digit favorite against non-conference opponents at home. But this is a different Texas team led by Coach Steve Sarkeesian. Alabama's got a rare road game that's a non-conference road game down at Raymond James Stadium against the University of South Florida. And then in week four, it's always fun when Lane Kiffin takes on Nick Saban. That's going to be a very intriguing game. Mississippi State, Will Rogers is a good quarterback. I think that's going to be a fun matchup. Here is a game where Alabama could lose this game at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is going to look completely different with Bobby Petrino as the offensive coordinator. And Bama's only favored by seven and a half. Arkansas is going to be a tough matchup because K.J. Jefferson is one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC. You know that Tennessee is going to come to play, although this is going to be a, a revenge game for the Crimson Tide. And then another tough test is going to be LSU, even though this game is in Tuscaloosa. This could be the year that Alabama has three losses. 
But Alabama could just be Bama, and they end up winning the SEC West because they got to play LSU and Bama, and they could win that game. They win the SEC West, and who knows what could happen. They could beat Georgia because Bama fans tend to believe that if Jamison Williams did not get hurt in the national championship, that Bama could have beaten Georgia. Possibly. Last week, I went on Crane & Company as a caller, and I argued that point, that fans are still bitter. Georgia fans still not satisfied because the two what-ifs lingering over their program. Jamison Williams gets hurt in the national championship. Marvin Harrison Jr. gets hurt in the semifinal. I know the media wants to write off Bama and, and say that they're going to have a down year, but this is the same Bama team, although the quarterback situation is a little dicey. This is the same team that lost two games last year in a hostile environment on a last-second play. As the game evolves, I think that Nick Saban is going to go back to the tough defense that he once had where he had a quarterback like Jake Coker, who was a game manager, and that's how they were able to win national titles. Ground and pound, starting with the offensive line. But they do have some new pieces on the offensive line. And their running backs coming off of injuries. I could see this going either way. I could see Bama completely surprising everybody and winning the SEC and playing in the college football playoff. All right, or... I could also see them losing three games. Should be interesting. All right, 11.30 a.m. Arkansas's Sam Pittman took the podium along with the edge rusher Landon Jackson, quarterback K.J. Jefferson, and star running back Raheem Sanders. And then Florida took the podium at two. Second-year head coach Billy Napier and offensive lineman Kingsley Uekwon Cornerback Jay Sean Marshall Jr. and wide receiver Ricky Parsall talking Florida football. This is going to be a very challenging year for the Florida Gator. This is going to be a very challenging year for the Florida Gators in year two under Billy Napier because that first game up in Utah could determine what direction the Florida Gators go this year. They've got to get to a bowl game in order for Billy Napier to keep his job. I believe that because the Florida fan base and the boosters are impatient. They want the Florida Gators to, to be back in the glory days of Urban Meyer in the early 2010s. And I don't know if that is even possible. Look, they play Tennessee in the swamp this year, but they got to travel to Kentucky they got to travel to South Carolina. The Georgia game in Jacksonville is always tough. Their SEC West opponent this year is Arkansas. they got to play LSU in Death Valley. And Florida State with Jordan Travis, even though that game is in the swamp, that's going to be a tough matchup too. Can Florida get to 6-6? Six and six? And look, I'm pulling for Billy Napier because he is the brother of LaGrange head football coach Matt Napier. and. Emory Jones also played for Heard County. He was, the, he was the former Florida quarterback. I mean, I don't dislike Florida. I want to root for these players that grew up in the Chattahoochee Valley that play for the Florida Gators. And I always root for coaches that are part of 
a very talented coaching tree, especially in the Chattahoochee Valley. And finally, wrapping up the day yesterday was Kentucky football coach Mark Stoops, along with offensive lineman Eli Cox, defensive lineman Octavius Oxidine, and linebacker J.J. Weaver. Kentucky's still going to be good, even though they lost Will Levis to the NFL. What Mark Stoops has done at Kentucky has been incredible. They've got a pretty easy out-of-conference schedule. However, they do have to play Louisville on the final game of the year. They get to host Alabama in Lexington, and they travel to Starkville to take on Mississippi State. But I can see Kentucky at least getting six, seven wins and going to a bowl game. I can't believe that SEC Media Days has finally come to an end today, as next year it will be in Dallas as the SEC welcomes Texas and Oklahoma into the conference. All right, right now what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take another commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to have my NFL 32 teams in 32 days. It's all about the Arizona Cardinals today. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back. This is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. This is my NFL 32 teams in 32 days as we just keep rolling along here on this show as it is my final team in the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, after that Cliff Kingsbury experiment, didn't work out. 2021 saw the Cardinals go to a 10-2 record. Kyler Murray was an MVP candidate. And then they dropped off. They made the playoffs, but they had a quick playoff exit to the Los Angeles Rams. And they never recovered. Kyler Murray gets hurt with an ACL injury, which the timetable is 9 to 12 months. He received this injury back in January. So the best case scenario for Kyler Murray is he will be ready sometime in late September, early October. But the realists believe that Kyler Murray is not going to play it down in 2023. So the quarterback situation for the Arizona Cardinals 
stands with Colt McCoy as the backup. And he's been a very good backup quarterback. He has been in this league for a while. He won a game against the 49ers in 2021. But with DeAndre Hopkins now with the Tennessee Titans and J.J. Watt has retired, the Arizona Cardinals seem to be the worst team in football. And they are also in a tough division because you know the 49ers and Seattle are going to be good. The Rams are going to be a borderline playoff team. So let's go over the depth chart for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, the depth chart that I am looking at, according to ourlads.com, has got Kyler Murray as QB1, but we know he's injured. We know he may not be back for this season. He could be back mid-season. So their quarterbacks are Colt McCoy, the rookie, Clayton Toon, Jeff Driscoll, and David Blau. Their running backs are James Conner, Corey Clement, Keontae Ingram, and Tyson Williams. Their wide receivers, they do have Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown can be a good wide receiver, but missing DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, and Larry Fitzgerald. Green and Fitzgerald have retired, and DeAndre Hopkins is on the Tennessee Titans. Their other wide receivers are Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch. The tight end, Zach Ertz. Hey, I talked about his spouse, uh, Julie Ertz, who plays for the women's national team, a power couple. Zach Ertz did win a Super Bowl ring with the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's a very good tight end. The offensive line is got a little bit better. They did get the right tackle, Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Elijah Wilkinson, they got Hidaje Frolitz, Will Hernandez, and the left tackle is DJ Humphreys. And on the defense, they still have one of the best safeties in all of football, Buda Baker. Isaiah Simmons, he's moved over to corner. He was a linebacker. But your defensive front, L.J. Collier, the unrestricted free agent that came over from Seattle, Carlos Watkins, Rashard Leonard, the linebacking core, Maja Sanders, Zamian Collins, and Zaire White, along with Cameron Thomas, the secondary, Antonio Hamilton Sr., Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, Marco Wilson, and Isaiah Simmons at the nickel position. And that is the depth chart according to rlads.com. And there could be some position battles and some rookies could be impressive and they could end up getting the starting job. And this is going to be a rebuilding year for the Arizona Cardinals and first year head coach Steve Gannon, who comes over from the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't have expectations for the Cardinals this year, but I am going to go through the schedule. They open the season week one, taking on the Washington Commanders on the road. And I think this is going to be a loss. I'm not saying that the Cardinals can't compete without Kyler Murray because Colt McCoy is going to be a decent quarterback and he might surprise some people, but they have got a tough schedule. They got to play the NFC East and their AFC opponents are the AFC North. That is going to be a very tough challenge for the Arizona Cardinals. Week two, they're taking on the New York football Giants at home, but the Giants are favored think the Giants end up winning that game. And then the Dallas Cowboys come to the University of Phoenix Stadium for week three. It's practically going to be a home game for the Cowboys. So their first three opponents in the regular season are going to be all teams from the NFC East. Remember, 
three teams from the NFC East made the playoffs last year. I think the Cardinals go into the game against the 49ers 0-3, and they'll lose to the 49ers to go 0-4. You know, last year the 49ers beat the Cardinals convincingly twice, and that hasn't happened. That's never happened. The Cardinals always find a win against the 49ers. So maybe history could be on the Cardinals' side, but I just don't see a scenario where the Cardinals beat the 49ers. So 0-4, unless that's October, unless Kyler Murray is back, and the 49ers' defense has always struggled against rushing quarterbacks. Taking on the Bengals in Week 5 on October the 8th, and I think they lose that game. So 0-5, 0-6, because they're going to lose to the Rams, and then they're going to lose to the Seahawks. And I don't see them beating the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not sure where the wins are going to come. Losing to the Cleveland Browns, and I'm predicting that they're going to be 0-9 going into that game against the Atlanta Falcons, even though that is a home game for the Cardinals. Do the Cardinals get their first victory against the Falcons? Well, that was a game where I picked the Falcons to win. So, Cardinals are going to lose 0-10, taking on the Houston Texans 0-11. Houston is going to be much more improved with C.J. Stroud. Looking down the Cardinals' schedule, I don't see any wins. But you know that they are going to get a win somewhere. Do they get it against the Houston Texans? Do they get it against the Rams? Could they possibly steal a game against San Francisco? Anyway, I'm going to pick that they will beat the Rams, so they will go 1-16. But like I mentioned, because I did the Buccaneers last week, the Buccaneers and the Cardinals are going to be the two worst teams in football, and it's not even close. I think that the Cardinals should not play Kyler Murray this year because that could risk him getting injured even more. Let him fully recover. And you get the overall number one pick. If Kyler Murray is your franchise quarterback, you could trade that pick and get multiple draft picks. But yeah, this is going to be a bad year for the Arizona Cardinals and for first-year head football coach Jonathan Gannon. All right, that was it. That was my NFL 32 teams in 32 days for today. Stay tuned for tomorrow as I will talk about the defending Super Bowl champions the Kansas City Chiefs, where they could just take a running back in the seventh round and make them a star. You know, before I close, I do want to talk about that running back situation in the NFL because you got some holdouts and are they worth the money? And I thought, I really thought about this long and hard. Pay them what they are worth, but running backs cannot be the focal point of your offense in a salary cap league. But running backs do deserve the money. They just don't need to be your max players. All right, that is all the time I have here on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners. I want to thank Ryan O'Neill back at the station for giving me the opportunity to be on the air. Stay tuned for Braves Country Today with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Not sure if he is actually calling the game, but we might be joining him at Truett's Park for the Braves Diamondbacks. As by the time this show ends, that they might be close to ending that game as well. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show. Bye, everybody.
Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Mm, good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Christman. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Christman. WQE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk, Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, from 2 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.